Hey everyone, uh, thanks for coming back to Casual with Ryan Proctor. I have a great guest on this episode. Her name is Dr. Teresa Wood. She's a sexual medicine doctor and a sex and intimacy coach. She traveled around North America and does seminars. Um, very intelligent uh, conversation today. Maybe not for me, but from Dr. Teresa's side. So I hope you enjoy this one. We have a great chat. Uh, so, Dr. Teresa Wood, is that what I say, or just Teresa? Uh, any of those. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on my show. Nice I'm excited you. for this. Uh, great to meet you. We're going to talk today, um, I guess, about sexual wellness, and I, I really don't know like the exact terms you use to describe what you talk about, but um, I guess the first thing is just to ask you, kind of, uh, I've read a bit about your background, but, you know, obviously my, my listeners or watchers probably don't know, so can you maybe just be a bit about your background? Um, about what you do. Okay. Yeah. So I am a physician yeah. uh, and I, well here in Whistler, I used to work at Coast Medical until that shut down. Um, I actually took a year off before that to write a book and also because my partner had a head injury. Uh, and so I took some time off to be with my family and I wrote a book about female sexual pleasure because cool. uh, I've been thinking and writing about sexual health for a long time. And I think that uh, the way we were taught our sex education uh, was really lacking a lot in terms of things that would make uh, for a consensual, mutual, wonderful sexual pleasure experience for right. for people. Right. So yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. I was saying earlier about how, like, when I was in school as a kid, um, it was very like mechanical. We talked about that, and just mm -hmm. like kind of like here's where things are. Here's a book and a drawing. And I guess it was just as we've evolved and people have learned, there's a lot more to it than obviously than just that. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that's happened is that uh, in order to have permission to teach sex education in schools in a world that was, you know, fairly guided by some strict religious rules, uh, even politically, um, uh, they had to give a case for. Um, the need to teach and to avoid accidental procreation <laughs> and right, to yeah. avoid STDs. It was in sure. the HIV era. And so I think the people convincing governments and religious leaders to allow us to teach in schools about sex and sexuality had to really be firm and clear about what they were going to teach and why. And I think what's happened is um, they were only really allowed to talk about the procreative act, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> which is a very small portion of what's available sexually to all animals and humans are one of those animals. Mm. And it doesn't always include all the sexual pleasure opportunities for people either. Right. So what we've done is we've created a very, very, very intercourse-based sexuality for uh, an entire population. And uh, I think what we're starting to see, and finally the research is coming out to show what I've been mm. teaching for 20 years, which is that um, uh, you know 100% of men get orgasmic outcomes mm. from intercourse-only sex. And um, only about 18% of women ever have an orgasm from um, uh, penis and vagina sex only. Right. Yeah. So uh, what they end up, what ends up happening is we we are driving the sexual desire of men up, and squashing the sexual desire right. of women because a lot of our, like our brain function and our brain, I like to talk of our brain as like the largest sex organ, sure. <laughs> and in that case only does size matter. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you want the seismic responses yeah. that are going to give you do dopamine at your nucleus accumbens, which is our reward center that says, yeah, let's do that again, then you need to give the person an orgasm. And if only 50% of every couple is having an orgasm every time, then 50% of every couple is getting a sex drive and the other half is getting a squash sex such drive. A simple, such, like it's, I mean, that's it's not simple, but it is if, if one side's happy, they always want to do the same thing. And if one side's not, they don't want, so it becomes this like, 100%. you're at a roadblock yeah. like right away. Yeah. And we're not just talking about happiness. Sure. Uh, and I'm careful with the word frustration because people get sensitive about it. But yeah. biologically, biochemically, we're mm -hmm. having a frustration in, in the female gender in these situations. And a biochemical frustration really does mean a lack of dopamine, which is a very nice drug at mm -hmm. the nucleus accumbens, in our reward center that is made to make us repeat activities that are good for right. the species. Right. If you're never getting rewarded at the nucleus accumbens for an activity, you're not going to repeat it. Right. And so as their desire to repeat it goes down, we start thinking that women have a responsive only sex drive, right. which is because they're not getting any. 
Right. Yeah. So I have one question for you. You said the nu- nucleus, what you? nucleus accumbens. Nucleus accumbens. Is that a portion of your mm-hmm. brain? I guess mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. probably a, like so. It, it's a that's what's uh, that's is that the main center where we feel these pleasures or something? Yeah. Sorry, so I'm kind of out it's, of the no, it's okay. Yeah. It's very. It's actually pretty complicated, and we okay. probably don't have to go into sure. all of it. But we can do quick. Uh, basically, uh, the nucleus accumbens um, is kind of considered our reward center. So. In order to survive as a species, you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to defecate, and you have to urinate. Right, yeah. <laughs> because any of those things blocked, obviously, would cause you a fatal problem quickly. Sure, yeah. And the last thing that you need to do is procreate. So, to have a species. So, our nucleus accumbens is wired mm-hmm. to reward us for those five things. Okay, right. But interestingly, it's not rewarding us for, like, receiving something in the vagina. <laughs> it's right. rewarding us for orgasm. Oh, right. So, right. right. So whatever you're receiving from the vagina has to assist your orgasm to make you activate that part of your brain. Exactly. Okay. Right. I, I think like, I mean, I, we're going to get into some stuff here that I don't really know a lot about, but, um, it's, it does seem that a lot of, I mean, and just even just society and just the way we, we look at it in, um, in the way we look at people and genders, um, it seems like, yeah, it's, it's like the, like, uh, I guess men are always chasing it. And sometimes women are, uh, are not, yeah, they're kind of like, I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really into it because it's not going to do anything f- for me in the end, right. I guess, right? Which we don't see as much with women who sleep with women, right? So right. then people used to say, oh, that's because they have higher testosterone and therefore they, no, actually they're just having higher dopamine at their nucleus accumbens right. and they want to do it again. So I think one of the things that's missing is there's all this conversation about penis and vagina, but biologically, Mm. embryologically, all of the scientific ologies, it's the penis and the clitoris that are analogous structures, right? right? So um, the the reward, it it would be (laughs) the easiest way to explain this Mm. is to say it'd be like uh, touching the penis a little bit and then stopping and going to do something else and hoping it'll still come, Uh, right? right? (laughs) So I think what happens is there's this foreplay part. Um, yeah. that we think is a play part to get us to the sex part. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we do it for a little bit, and then we say, okay, good luck, Clarissa. I hope you can still come when I don't touch you anymore. <laughs> and we go do something else for a while. Right. And because we can't even say the word clitoris, like I still get blocked on Instagram if I type it. Really? Yes. 2023, folks. People say crazy, or people say like the P, like pussy or something like that. And that stuff doesn't get blocked. Uh, it's 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 funny. Uh, it's not funny. That's actually that's crazy <laughs> to me. I mean, I, people get bought on Instagram for the dumbest stuff, but the fact that some of these that's like the actual like medical term for yes. it, you know. And yes. so, but if you use it like a more street term, lack of a better term, you don't get you wouldn't get blocked for it. I mean, I, I, well, that's true. That's true and not true. You still get blocked for saying clit, but you don't get blocked for saying street terms about the vagina, and right. you don't get blocked for saying vagina. But I, I think. Yeah. The word clitoris and vulva have not really been in our lingo. They're not even in the medical right. lingo. My podcast is going to get blocked when I put this up. Here. That's also true, and I apologize. <laughs> no, for I'm that. Just <laughs> no, it's no. true. It's funny. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I mean, I drop the F bomb stuff on here a lot, so I don't too worry about it. But, um, um, like I've called Instagram and Facebook on it a few times. They don't ever get back to me. Right. TikTok got back to me right away. Oh wow! And I said, you know, you do all this stuff. Uh, you allow all this stuff. Your algorithms allow all this stuff. Pardon me. Mm. That um, that really denigrate women in a lot of ways and don't empower them sexually. And you're blocking a female sexual pleasure advocate who is a physician and a mm-hmm. scientist and a philosopher from saying what would be better for heterosexual couples uh, to maintain equal opportunity orgasmic experiences um, in a mutually consensual environment, and you're doing it because you're uncomfortable with the words that we would use that would allow men to understand and women to understand what female sexual pleasure might look like. And they wrote back and said, we're really sorry, and you're totally right. Well, (laughs) because it's good. good it It further challenges the situation by not being able to use, being able to being blocked by that way, not just like our physically interaction with humans, if trying to educate people and not being allowed to use these terms just because it's some block on whatever algorithm it is, I guess uh, that further makes your job even harder. Yeah. Well, it also happens at the medical level, like teaching in the medical schools. Oh, it does. Okay. Um, I mean, the medical world calls the female pelvis the pudendum. This is Latin. Is that- 
the word pudendum is actually Latin for to be ashamed of. What? And that is the word that we use to describe this area in of the female body. Did a bunch and, of men, old men, write these books? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what happened, right? And so there's a woman on Instagram right now who's had a labioplasty when she was 18, mm-hmm. and it completely destroyed her sexuality, and she's. She's, um, or at least her ability to orgasm, I should say. Mm-hmm. And she has been a huge advocate for getting clitoral anatomy and the, and the direction and position of the clitoral nerves to be part of the anatomy textbooks for surgeons. It's right. not there. It is not there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I've never read those <laughs> books, but I can't imagine that if you need to learn about these things, and I mean, that's people are, they've been held back from it. So I would like the understanding and, and the education and stuff is definitely held back then because of these well, yeah, and I think I think the history is very old. They were so uncomfortable when medicine was, mm-hmm. you know, when we were studying this stuff. Like in 2006, uh, Dr. Shauna Penhale, um, uh, I think has a different name now, but um, she uh, had to ask the anatomy department to reopen so she could, uh, at UBC, so she could show that the way we had studied the clitoral um, body at the time was wrong because they were using such ancient cadavers to do it that the, the shriveled up version of what they were studying was possibly not really what right. women are experiencing. So she opened it and she mapped it and then she presented it to the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. And one of the doctors at the microphone said, you know, you're saying here that um, you could cut these uh, sexual function nerves during a hysterectomy. And um, I've been doing hysterectomies for 40 years and I've never heard a complaint about sexual function from women. And Fortunately, it was the fellow at the other microphone who was also a gynecologist who said, with all due respect, did you ever ask them? Right. Because we don't ask women about sexual function because women are the receptacles for other people's sexual function. They don't have one of their own. Really. That's not how we teach it. Yeah. I I mean, it's kind of the way you learn about it in school as a kid, too. It's like you learn about just the way like men get women pregnant and that's kind of what it was. Right. And that's like kind of everything it was. And I guess that I mean, I guess when you're in school, they don't want to, I mean, I, I don't know how they want to teach you about the enjoyment of it all. Cause then it makes you want to, I guess you said before, it was kind of like trying to like stave off procreation until you're older or whatever, I right. guess. Right. But why couldn't you stave off procreation with healthier choices sure. than shame and blame and yeah. hiding and, um, like for example, I, so I do some of the teaching at high schools mm-hmm. and medical schools, but basically I just teach what the anatom- anatomical function is and, mm-hmm. And here's the clitoris and here's its pleasure function. Yeah. And here's why it gives you a reward at the nucleus cummins. And the safest thing to do with a clitoris or a penis um, is um, to touch it yourself until you know what you're doing. Right. And then you can sh- show other people when you find someone that you want to have a mutually consensual mm-hmm. experience with, yeah. you can show them what pleases you because they, they aren't going to know. No one's going to teach them. Well, and that's something <laughs> like that's even more frowned upon. I guess I don't use frowned upon. That's more kind of, you know, self-pleasuring is something. Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's even Even now, you know, I mean, I have, I'm probably going to get a red face here once in a while, but even now it's like, you know, it's, it's joked about and it's like, 100%. you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, you got a, a bit of a bat, bit of a battle ahead of you, I think. But like, it's, um, it's not. It's it is something that's if that's to explore yourself is is taboo. So when you are trying to explore yourself with another human, if male, female, whatever it is, you're more set back. Well, yeah, and if the only thing they ever teach you is that you put this into that, mm-hmm. and the that gets no pleasure from it, then mm-hmm. we've got a problem, and it's starting to look like a Me Too movement. Because we've got a whole bunch of people who think they don't want something and a whole bunch of people who think that those people don't want Mm -hmm. something and the only way to get it is to convince them or take it. Well, that's not really the case, actually. We're all the same animal. We are all animals. We all have a sex drive. And the people who have more of a sex drive are the people who are having orgasms. Are we talking? I'm even. I might have to edit this out. Are we talking about like science versus religion in some of these concept in some of these topics too? Oh, for sure, because yeah. there's certainly you know some of some of the ancient texts yeah. were written for people who lived in a desert who needed to build an army and needed mm-hmm. more procreation and, sure. and you know there, there's historical reasons for why they thought they were interpreting the words of God in the right way sure. for yeah. for them and probably for them they were. Yeah. Um, we've come so far from that life as nomads in the desert. Then, in some ways, none of that stuff applies, but we're so sure it does. And then we are just silencing all conversation. But when you understand the biology, you're, you're, you've got to at least consider that 
there are organs, there's an organ that was made solely for the purpose of pleasure, but we're never supposed to touch it mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. But touching it is the only way to give the reward that would give the drive, but we're not supposed to talk about it. We're not supposed to touch it and we're mm-hmm. not supposed to look at it and we should call it the area to be ashamed of. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I guess do pleasuring yourself. How, I feel like, you know, um, does that, does that not take away sex? I mean, if you're, mm. That's take away question. sex drive or is it mm. like you know or it starts to um sometimes you you can't like achieve a, a, an orgasm because it's not you doing it to yourself like uh, does that i guess it's if you if you're ravenous about it, i guess it's different but right if so there, there are all kinds of fears that are taught like you're gonna grow hair on the back of your <laughs> on your bombs and <laughs> Yeah. You're going to go blind and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I probably do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shaved before I came yeah. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, okay, so first of all, all ana- a lot of animals do it. Yeah, sure. Okay? Humans are the only ones who have a problem with it. Okay. okay? Yeah. And, um, and, and really... It, the only thing that you can't do is have an orgasm less than three minutes later. Okay. So if you're going to masturbate and then in three minutes you're planning to have sex with someone else, yeah, their chances of getting you off again sure. are, are lower. Yeah, okay. okay. Right. Yeah. But if you're going to um, never have an orgasm with a partner and then um, uh, continue to have sex with them that doesn't ever lead you to orgasm and you're not going to find out how to orgasm um, by... by spending some time with yourself and making yeah. love to yourself. I like to call it self-love because sure. I think, you know, we're in a world where like a lot of women, especially, but men too, and an increasing number mm-hmm. of men yeah. don't love themselves enough, right? right. Like yeah. everything's wrong. They compare themselves to social media and mm-hmm. TV and the movie stars, and they're not good enough in all kinds of ways. We really do need to love ourselves and we really do need to make love to ourselves because if we aren't showing ourselves like what feels good, mm-hmm. then how are we supposed to have others figure that out for us right and we can't and the thing is it um there's all kinds of benefits to orgasm in terms of like your own oxytocin levels your own dopamine at the nucleus that comes your own feeding of your own libido Mm -hmm. and it it has been shown time and again in the research that it doesn't lessen your desire to be with other people now there's this whole thing about porn and i know you said you might want to talk about that so i'll just start throwing it in here (laughs) (laughs) um I do think that um, continuously using other people's ideas of what's hot. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, that are, in my opinion, continuously repeating the subjugation of women, the sure. empowerment of men, and the servicing of women of men's genitals over and over again, does st- slowly start to brainwash a person mm. away from their natural tendencies that might involve like mutual consensual pleasuring. Sure. Uh, exchanges yeah. and uh and i think over time uh you know it's really easy to watch a movie it's harder to read a book right yeah, totally. it's really easy to have someone else feed you their creativity yeah um and not have your own but your brain and i'll say this a hundred times is your biggest sex organ mm-hmm. and to have someone else occupy it with their ideas continuously and you never explore what your ideas might have been even if your ideas are really very similar to theirs because sure. that's how you were taught your sex ed and et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's just no room for exploration of your own fantasies. And fantasies are one of my favorite topics. They're, mm. they're so messed up for so many people because <laughs> yeah. we're just, for, we're forming them when we're five, six, seven <laughs> yeah. years old and bombarded sure. by like whatever a five, six, seven year old is watching on TV, which right. is never like consensual loving experiences because those are bad yeah but violence and blood and subjugation well those are cartoons but i guess you so you must you must just teach like it's not just about the physical side you have to have your brain do it too so there's so there's several things to say about this but you know the the brain so we need our neurotransmitters to be in the working in the right direction for us to be able to attain orgasm that is and and to have the connection and so on Mm. like oxytocin is something that is uh it's kind of like the love hormone (laughs) they they kind of talk of it like that way it gives you this feeling of connection and so on all of these things um happen from you know breast stimulation causes oxytocin outflow and um uh all kinds of physical touching and so on and and but if you're unable to be present, um, or if you're always only present to what you saw on porn the other day, mm-hmm. um, then there's definitely a 
some losses in the department of, of connection. And certainly we have to work with people who watch too much porn. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I say is you don't have to stop all porn. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just have to sometimes do me a personal favor and try to masturbate without it. Because a couple of things, first of all, there's, you're not the same kid who has to get out of the bathroom in under five minutes before someone knocks on the door. Right. So it doesn't have to be like, and then you don't have to like go with every woman you're with. Yeah. Like you could make love to yourself nice right. and slowly. Yeah. And I think if there isn't a image in front of you, it's just kind of like eating. If you're, Eating is one of our natural drives. So, But if you eat and watch TV, you can super overeat. Right? Oh, yeah. I eat a box of cheese. It's in 10 seconds right. if I'm watching TV. And box. I think people who are watching porn are coming too fast. Right. Uh, I, th I think they're missing the whole Montauk Chia like, opportunity for multi-orgasmic men kind of situation. And I think that that they're missing the opportunity to explore past the feeling of just their penis or just their clitoris. Or, right. um, I think what people need is an opportunity to think oh my god why am i fantasizing about that right. and then it just take a moment to be like who cares why i'm fantasizing about that i don't care if it's anti-feminist or anti-men or anti-woman or whatever anti it is i was raised to think that's hot yeah and if i don't have a chance to explore it then every time it comes up i'm gonna shut down in bed now we got a problem yeah Whereas if I can explore it when I'm by myself and be like, okay, this is kind of weird, but mm -hmm. Dr. Wood said it's okay <laughs> to fantasize about weird stuff, yeah. um, which really I think anything like freedom of thought people like fantasize about whatever you're fantasizing about, anything you do has to be done with somebody uh, with whom you have a consensual conversation and that That's they actually that. really want to do it. Right. Um, they're not just consenting for some reason that isn't appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're sober and they're mentally well and yeah. they're not on so many um, other like mind-altering medications that sure. they can't consent properly. Someone who can consent and is consenting and is an adult um, can do all kinds of things with you that your right. little brain can come up with right. <laughs> and, yeah, sure. and then help you move out of that dark corner full of things you shouldn't know yeah. and start exploring them so they can grow up too because our fantasies don't grow up when they're locked away and in fact a lot of women who don't masturbate say I don't masturbate and I don't fantasize and I'm like mm -hmm. okay so which of these fantasies are you having that you yeah, don't want right. to that you're you don't your own mind doesn't want you to know about yeah. and they're like okay number three okay I'm like, okay great because of course you're fantasizing about that so are so many women because this is what our media showed us mm -hmm. this is what's happening and it doesn't make you a bad feminist or, a, or an anti-woman person to think what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Here's how you move through that. Right. And here's how you make love to yourself, even though that's what's going on in your head. And here's how you find consensual partners to play around with that with, because that could be fun instead of shutting down. Right. And I think that's like, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, if you're just watching something that gives you what gives you that instant or that like played out scenario and you get used to it. But um, I guess having the conversation too before, this happens between partners. That's a, that's a topic that's got to be addressed too, because you can, I think a lot of people just kind of get in the room and start, but they don't have like even being comfortable talking about it is tough. Mm. Like you mm -hmm. and I talk about it right now, you know, I, I get more comfortable as we're sitting here chatting, mm. but like initially you like even just bring it up to ask your partner. Well, okay. So my belief is the yeah. way to do that is for healthy adults to yeah. have healthy conversations sure, yeah. with young people right and so when i go to the high school or uh here in town or uh, when i go to the medical school i just talk like this right and i'm not using swear words when i say clitoris and i'm not acting like i'm using a swear word right. and so over time they start to understand that that's just a normal way to talk about this right. i think the fact that like when you talk to your parents they get all quiet and when you talk to your siblings, they giggle. <laughs> yeah. And when you talk to your teachers, they say, ask your parents who are just going to go all silent. <laughs> it's kind of like push. It's not like deflecting it to somebody yeah. else, I guess. Yeah. So I try to be the comfortable place people can ask questions. And when yeah. I, when I give the, when I gave these talks in the nineties and the early two thousands, before I went to medical school, I would just, I would just wear everybody's vulnerabilities and I would just say all kinds of things. And then people would say, like, where were you when I was 18? Right. Like, why isn't anyone talking like this? Was it, I feel like in maybe the 60s and 70s, I don't know, I wasn't around, but I feel like the, the topic was a lot more open and free at some point, and then it kind of got closed off again, and then it got, I don't know if, this, if I'm wrong, but well, I, like when, you were, asked, about, when yeah. you were talking about this earlier on, like you're saying the 90s or whatever, I, I can think about the way, we, the way our society thinks about it now, 
Um, was it? It must have been even harder to get through the door for you to talk to people about this. It wasn't easy in the nineties. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it wasn't easy in the nineties, but um, so I had a degree in philosophy from University of Chicago, and I was offering a seminar series called "Unlearning Your Sex Education." Okay. And um, um, I would just go from university. It started. <laughs> it started by accident. Mm-hmm. I was at Simon Fraser University. I was doing a year away from University of Chicago, and I was studying philosophy there. Mm-hmm. And someone may, uh, called me and said, hey, Teresa, this is so-and-so from Simon Fraser. We're doing a health week on things we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And everyone said, I have to call Teresa Wood. Mm-hmm. So I made a joke. <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, you want me to give a talk on female ejaculation to 500 men? And yeah. they're like, yeah, that's exactly what we want, actually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And so I had to obviously go and research because I knew from experience all kinds of stuff, but experience doesn't count as research. So I, (laughs) I went and did a whole bunch of research, found out what there was, and I found out that we really don't know very much at all. And there was so much debate among doctors and scientists and like the body of evidence was really clear and really unclear. And still today, like we're 2023 and doctors are still fighting about this. I'm sure it's probably like ego. (laughs) I'm sure there's probably some ego in there too that people, I know this and there's no more to learn. It's probably in that kind oh, of Oh, definitely. The medical yeah. world thinks they're done. And right. it's funny because as we're learning it, things are changing on a very, very sure. regular basis. But no, in this area, we know everything, even though we called it the area to be ashamed of. Like maybe we didn't look at everything. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there are female sexual pleasure uh, experiences that are not covered in medical literature, mm-hmm. like we weren't allowed to check. Right. Right. We were allowed to call them problems or incontinence or, you know, we told a lot of women that they were promiscuous when they got yeast infections from antibiotics because we had tested antibiotics on hundreds of people and no one had complained about yeast infections. But then we were like, oh, but we didn't check them on women. We just tested men because we weren't allowed to have women as our in our studies and all of these women were told that they were that they were getting yeast infections from their promiscuity and it wasn't until years later that we realized that actually antibiotics do cause yeast infections in right. women and we never asked them. And so there's... Is that because, sorry, is that because like it kind of, is that like, because it like clears out all your like probiotics and stuff? And everything, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, okay. yeah, yeah, it kills all the good bacteria. Yeah. So the yeast was able to take over. The right, yeast okay. does normally live in us, um, but in the absence of healthy like acidophilus and bifidus and so on, sure. then yeah, okay. it can grow okay. out of control. Right. And so... So if you think about the actual consequence of hundreds of women going to their doctor and saying they were having a yeast infection, being treated like like sexually promiscuous people, mm-hmm. having their husbands possibly told, because in those days you didn't have to not tell people's husbands right. what you saw them about, and possibly causing relationship breakdown, violence in marriage, all kinds like insanity, of stuff. Insanity, it could like, be insanity. I've, this is my husband. I've never been in with anybody else anywhere, but you aren't able to like change their mind. Yeah. And so, wow, and, and this insane. kind of stuff happens to women in healthcare all the time, which is why I actually went into medicine. Right. I was going nuts. I'm just like, there are so many things that are so obviously never studied and then told are the absolute truth. Right. And then when I was in class, I, you know, I had a degree in the analysis of science and, and the philosophy of science and how we come to know things, epistemology. And so I would say, well, how do we know that? And I was sometimes just addressed properly. And sometimes yeah. they would just say, oh, we don't have time to talk about that. Hmm. But the class would always go, hmm, because they knew that Teresa Wood was asking a really legitimate question about like, right. are we sure? Right. Because we're teaching this like it's the truth and we're teaching it to people who are going to have like thousands of people, patients under them each. Right. And if they're all going to tell like, oops, Oops, we told all those women <laughs> that right. their yeast infections were promiscuity and actually it was it was our antibiotics. Right. Like, when are we going to learn that sometimes we say things and we're not right? Right. And especially in the area of women's health and or now trans health or especially in the realm of, like, sexual health. Right. Like, the, these things matter to people. It sounds they shape like, their lives. Like, sounds like the bottom of the ocean. We haven't been down there enough to <laughs> see what's going like, wrong down there. So don't make claims about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, like... Practice the art of saying, I don't know. Yeah. You talk to a lot of people now. You've traveled around. You've talked to many people. You do like a few, I've, I've seen on your website. I haven't been to one, but 
you do a few different seminars and stuff. And I'm curious, are you just seeing more and more men now in, in these seminars? Is it a 50-50 balance? Is it couples? Like what's the kind of the demo? Yeah, I guess, of it, it is pretty much a 50-50 balance, actually. I think the, the world has been made extremely binary in terms of gender, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. women are supposed to be this demure, submissive over here people and mm-hmm. that need to be taken care of. And men are supposed to be these strong, powerful. Right. And we've really, I think we needed that for capitalism. I think we needed men to have these really crappy jobs that they have to repeat over and over for way too many hours a day and they needed someone at home to take care of them and take care of the family so they could sustain that and grow the economy maybe maybe that's why they did that Mm -hmm. but really our culture did it more than other cultures and then we went around the world and told everyone our culture was the right culture (laughs) so we've kind of destroyed other places into the same ways very good right now binary (laughs) thinking but We've really made for a world where like there's a right kind of man and a right kind of woman and that women and men are kind of against each other. But that's not my experience at all. Like it was always the men, not always, but very often it was the men at my talks that would come up and be like, oh my God, you're changing the world. Like I really needed to know this when I was 18 and you're making yourself vulnerable so that we can all understand this better and and about something that we should never feel vulnerable about and you're really making it clear. And why is no one talking like this about it? And, and for them, it's like, Oh my God, I thought women didn't like it. And I just had to convince them that they liked it long enough for me Mm. to get it, to put it in. (laughs) But really like what? Yeah, you're right. Why once we're having intercourse, why would we stop touching the clitoris? Like how Mm. do I expect a clitoris to, keep coming when I stop touching it. I don't expect my penis to keep coming when I stop touching it. So, and that's the, the equivalent organ. So like, I feel like it's a a celebration and a team effort. It's like, you're like, you're trying to be trying to like, like make, it's almost like you want, like, it's not like a team. It's like, you want, you want both teams to win for some, I feel like. Yeah. But I think, okay. So this funny thing happens where like people, people try to tell me, don't make it all about orgasm. Lots of women can't right. orgasm. I'm like, well, lots of women can't orgasm the way you're treating them. We're sure. treating them the way they're treating themselves, the way yeah. they're being taught. Um, but really, we're all the same animal. So you better give me a really good reason why they can't, first of all. And secondly, I'm not trying to make a new goal. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to allow the normal biology to be allowed to follow its course mm-hmm. if we weren't so focused on intercourse, which is funny because... It's the one that causes most of the STDs and most of the pregnancy. Mm. So if you just kind of took it out of the picture, which of course I know is impossible, Mm. um, but at least stopped glorifying it as the end all be all or the goal of our, of our interactions. Mm -hmm. I mean, lesbians have sex all the time that doesn't involve for some of them, not even any kind of penetration, but for some of them penetrative sex that, um, that doesn't end in penetrative sex is maybe there's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So then the question is, (laughs) people are like, God, when someone says, what, what are they doing? I just look at them and I think, oh man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. If you don't even know, yeah. like how they can have so many orgasms together without like p- strapping a penis on, like it is not about PIV sex. So I think, um, PIV, sorry, yeah, penis sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we say PIV lots in, in Instagram because we don't want to get, get shut bust, down. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll use it. I'll I'm going to take that. But like, you know, we're just starting. So my kids come home from school and they've got a song that has taught them all the, uh, private bar- body parts so that they hear them because I, they find that kids that are that know the parts of the body they tend to be less sexually abused uh for uh, lots of reasons but part of it is because they're getting education from somewhere right so they're teaching them and they come home and they've got you know penis vagina vulva they're finally saying vulva i'm so impressed breast testicles and still not clitoris because you don't want to mention the clitoris to eight-year-old people why not I mean, it's right? the same Why as a penis. I mean, what do you... Uh... It's the same as... It is actually almost identically the same as a penis. And yeah. if you go to my Instagram, Dr. <laughs> Teresa Wood, yeah. um, you'll see I've got a picture on one of the slides, which is like the clitoris and the penis side by side, like the anatomical structures. Yeah. They are anatomically almost identical, right. except that the penis urethra goes right through it and the urethra comes past the clitoris. Otherwise, oh, very know. similar structures. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're both a pleasure center too, so... But there's other, like, we t- people talk about the G-spot and prostate, yeah. things like that. And, like, yeah. um, I... Lots of areas to explore, people, not just <laughs> yeah, PIV. Yeah, exactly. If, if the, um, 
the outcome of intercourse is meant to be procreation. And I guess we all think of that, that pleasure as like a by a side, like, like a byproduct of, of intercourse. Right. Right. And so, um, I guess over time, it's a very Protestant way of thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, it is for sure. That's what I'm saying. So you get that drilled into you as and like, Catholic. a lot of us live in a world now where we don't really, um, consider religion part of our life or we think of a higher power but nothing like we don't go to church and stuff like that so i think the more we think about that the more we are willing to accept that pleasure is part of it not just the procreation side of it right and there's actually nothing that most of the religious leaders from the books people are referring to have said against it Mm -hmm. some of them said things like may those of you with no sins throw the first stone Mm -hmm. (laughs) judge not all this kind of stuff and and there's nothing that says like don't touch the clitoris yeah so how like so (laughs) somehow that it became in what i've even somehow it became like even it became that way yeah, well, like I said, I really think that the opportunity to be able to teach in schools mm-hmm. was gotten by a tooth and nail from yeah. some really well-meaning people who ended up having to dumb it down to like, when you stick a penis in a vagina, wear a condom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, you should never do it. And right. also, masturbation is bad. And, uh, <laughs> but they were also only talking to men about masturbation because women didn't do that kind of thing because women were... We're ladies. I don't think I thought, I don't think I was, when I was younger, I don't think I thought about that until, I mean, I don't know when I thought about female masturbation. I don't like. Well, certainly they didn't teach it. Yeah. Right. And they told men not to do it. Yes, that's right. And, and they didn't even bring it up. But telling people not to do something is do never more. as powerful as never talking about something. Right. Sil- the silencing of female sexual yeah. pleasure right. has been extremely powerful yeah. to the point that there is a large portion of the population who really thinks that women don't like sex. Right. Sorry, people. <laughs> well, I'm glad they do. <laughs> it turns out they are animals too. Yeah, right. But also like, and it's not, okay, so I just want to come back to what I was talking about earlier about... Um, I jump around a lot, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, the thing about like orgasm, like orgasm isn't the goal of sure. sex either. Mm-hmm. Like certainly... Like mutual sexual consensual pleasure is probably the best goal I can think of. And that's what I try to teach people. Um, But at the end of the day, like you can't find me very many gay or lesbian couples where one member of the couple is orgasming 100% of the time and the other one is almost never having an orgasm. Like that's just not what's happening. And the reason that's not what's happening is because there's an unspoken agreement of mutual shared sexual pleasure in both directions or all directions and so um i really caution people when they when they think that what i'm saying is like give orgasm as a new goal or give squirting and uh female ejaculation which i call immaculation because that's Mm -hmm. latin for um, squirting yeah. and uh, I kind of coined it yeah. because I'm nice. so sick of nice. adding the word female to everything male that has sure. nothing to do like ejaculation in men and women are very very different physiological functions yeah, sure. and, um, and then doctors are still arguing about whether it's pee or not and I, honestly I don't care it's like is it glee or not right. because I care more about glee than pee yeah and if you pee a little bit yeah that's a question okay. people are like yeah I was gonna ask you that but you okay cool um but I just want to say that orgasm isn't necessarily a new goal Orgasm is our biological um, built-in mechanism for driving our libido, or giving us a sex drive. It's right. what it's what is. Yeah. I'm not adding that, right? And I'm not giving women a new goal that like or like men a new goal that if they're not doing it right, then then they're ashamed. But don't be ashamed. Just look me up, ask me questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> like read about it. Uh, yeah. listen to the talks it is not very hard or complicated nor does it take a really long time to get a woman off who is otherwise like comfortable with their body and whose brain isn't shutting themselves down yeah. and that's why I really encourage self-love because women need to get comfortable with their bodies right. and realize how hot they are as as animals and how much their natural drive really exists mm-hmm. when you said the body thing I was going to ask you about body image too mm-hmm. and um, you know as with society we talk about body image and I think we see a lot of Instagram now and everything else. All the guys are jacked and the women are hot and stuff. And if if you're if you if you don't have like a positive body image about yourself, that's going to affect your. Does that, do you think that does that have an impact on maybe not self pleasure, but your willingness to like let go in the in the bedroom and be more explorative? Do you think? Oh, 
definitely. Yeah, the, that's like more of a psych, I guess psychological, but it's also physical too, yeah. But I mean, body image is like wealth. Like the richer you are, the better you don't feel about how much money you have, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I remember treating like a millionaire medically once and they're like, well, how do you find happiness? I'm like, well, clearly not by having more money. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I mean... <laughs> Um, even the people who look amazing to me or you mm-hmm. or, or everybody, mm-hmm. um, they don't feel great about themselves. So I think, um, I think there's something healthy about having a little bit of like, um, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something really unhealthy about having a lot of uncertainty sure. about how yeah. you look. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, especially you can see it with like women who sleep with women, like they're not picking the people and the magazine spreads, right? Like sex drive has very little to do with actual looks. I think the look obsession happened because of our economy. And and I think, you know, you could sell women to men because women weren't available because women were taught they didn't have a sex drive and then they didn't. Partly because women aren't jerking off. (laughs) They don't have as big of a sex drive and partly because nobody's getting them off. Mm -hmm. They don't have as big of a sex drive. I'm not saying all women would miraculously have a huge sex drive if they were coming every time. But it would be a lot better. Yeah, right? (laughs) I think so. If you you go to a restaurant and the food's good, you go back. Right? Right? (laughs) Especially if the food's orgasmic. Yeah, if you make food yourself and it tastes good, you make it again, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, I just thought about the body image thing because it's portrayed so much in our in like just in front of our eyes all day, every day, especially mm. if you're online. And um, you know, I thought about it. It takes confidence in your. It, I think it takes confidence to be open and and um, and ask the question. Just be willing to kind of like you know let let like be like free in, in, in like that situation. So that's why I asked about the body image because well, I feel like if I can just say something about that. Sure. This is why I teach self-love. Yeah, right. I mean, people can give me all kinds of reasons why it could be possibly bad. There's no scientific reason why masturbation is bad. But the the ability to make love to yourself, and this is for all genders, mm-hmm. the ability to like find yourself hot enough to get yourself off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what image of what kind of being is doing what to you when that's happening the fact that you are empowered enough to give yourself the kind of dopamine at your nucleus accumbens that's going to make you want to do that again that is an empowering thing right and that actually gives people confidence it's like dopamine confidence (laughs) and confidence is hot yeah for sure i mean confidence is hot no matter how you look yeah um and 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 I think that that what's not hot for people is this constant, you know, closing down and worrying that sure. they're not going to be able to. And again, same with men, that they're not going to be able to get the women off. They're not going to be able to, they don't look good enough. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to stay hard enough, long enough. Like the number of people who come in with erectile dysfunction, it's like, well, have you tried these? Right. Because there's no erectile dysfunction (laughs) (laughs) for lesbians and they're doing a great job. (laughs) And actually this doesn't just go in and out and in and out. Like you can do all kinds of fancy dancing with this. And so dexterity is key. Yeah. Yeah. And you will get turned on (laughs) if you stop thinking about how to like how hard you are and you start watching how hot she's getting. I think people think about the end goal too much of, of, Exactly. And then it stressed them out in the middle of it all. They're like, oh my God, I'm, I have to do this to make it look like I can do this. And then if I don't come, then I'm like, yeah, I think there's a stress. I mean that goal you, oriented sex. Yeah. The, the, if the end result, if I'm unsure it's going to happen, it makes the middle that, that whole getting there impossible. Well, yeah. Cause the brain is yeah. our biggest sex organ yeah, actually, yeah. and it is our best like stopper of all things. Right. And I think this is one of the big things that happens for women is that they've got all kinds of things that come into their head that they think they're not supposed to have. So like the bad and wrong ideas, like, oh my God, I was in the middle of having sex with my partner and I just started thinking about my ex and I just totally shut down. I'm like, why'd you shut down? Was your ex hot or not? I just don't think think about it. Right. You're not cheating on someone if you're having thoughts. Yeah, right. Like it's okay. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, that's and true. it's not even it's not even an insult to them. Maybe something they did reminded you of something great about your ex, mm-hmm. which like may or may not be your ex for whatever kind of reasons. And maybe your ex is your ex because they couldn't uh, treat you with respect on a regular basis, but you had good sex. So when you're having good sex with someone else, it's going to come up. Right. There's nothing bad or wrong about thinking. Yeah, right. There's something bad or wrong about doing things to other people non consensually. Right. 
I mean, that's the yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is like, as long as both sides are into it and they've talked about it, then I mean, anything kind of goes. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, some things don't. I guess. But, um, and I mean, a lot of women. There must be some weird people, like not weird people. Could be some people come to you, go, I had this, I have this fantasy, and you, does everything? Is anything ever like? Do you ever think, Phased wow, me. that's insane? That's like you need to talk to a different kind of doctor than me right now, or something like. Oh, I mean, oh, you, that's I a good question. I'm, uh, not, I'm not. You don't think? Obviously, you don't give up anybody, but like, I feel like there's got to be people out there that are, and they're totally consensual. They're totally regular person, but I thought about this, and I think it's great. So, so I will say that I've been doing this for a very long time. When I started doing this, I was very young, mm-hmm, right? right? Like I was in college, and I was giving talks across North America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time someone way older than me went in the room. There's this couple sitting right at the front and I was so nervous because I was, uh, I must have been like 20, 27 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and they were clearly in their 50s and, you know, all I could think the whole time is, oh my God, they just think like, who is this woman saying all this stuff and how dare she? And, uh, and then at one yeah. point I was so distracted by my own worries. Yeah, that's what okay. I said. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. And the guy in the couple, he's like, oh, you were just talking about the ways in which... Blah, 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 blah. Like, he just reiterated my wow. last five minutes. He was paying attention. Yeah, that's confidence in you. It's good for you to hear that, right? As you're yeah. speaking, yeah. Yeah, but what I'll say is, so much of what I know now is yeah. from all the people who would come up to me after my talks, which were really just like, stop stopping touching her clitoris right. until she's come. Or like, stop <laughs> letting your brain get in the way of your own sexual pleasure or please mm. go fuck yourself. You know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, when, when Dr. Wood says something like that to you, she really yeah. means it in a really right. nice way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, clip it. <laughs> um, I always wonder why people use that as an insult. It's like, you know what? That was a really good idea. I'm I'm gonna go do that. Uh, just excuse me for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? I probably am acting a little bit weird. I should mm, get some more dopamine. It. Yeah. Um, me... But <laughs> sorry. That's um, good. um Yeah. Sometimes I say at the to- beginning of my talks, like I might say the word fuck, but I I really don't like to use the word fuck in sure. vain. Yeah. I right. don't. I don't use it to insult people. I right. use it for the glorious thing that it is. It's yeah. a, it's a beautiful thing. And I do really think that um, penetrative sex for all genders is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I think it feels amazing for mm-hmm. so many people of sure. all genders yeah. uh, in various different places. Mm. <laughs> but I think that we really do have to keep in mind that like feeding the the nucleus accumbens is the way the species was designed, right. right? And all the religious people, I hope they're listening because really, like, if you're saying the design's wrong, you better talk to God about that. Right. Because there's a <laughs> there's an organ there <laughs> right. designed yeah. for the sole purpose of pleasure yeah. that you're saying shouldn't be used because right. it's bad. Well, the whole purpose, the whole idea of the pleasure... Do you pleasure- hear that, God? <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the basic, the, the basic is what? that you feel the pleasures that you and then so you procreate so like if you don't feel that pleasure even if it's take the procreation out of it but the whole idea is if that's what was how we're destined to be as a as a as human humanity or just as people and as any animal the pleasure makes you want to do that again that's yeah. kind of the basic of it all if you can't get that pleasure again you're not going to do it again and so if there was any type of like um the way that we're designed as as any animal stuff if that pleasure wasn't there our society we'd have 10 people on the planet yeah, so originally it was probably an underpopulation problem. Now yeah. we've got an overpopulation problem, right. so th- things have changed. Mm. More reason to focus more on non-PIV sex. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. People of all genders will get off better and longer mm. for it. Like, PIV sex, at the speed that, that boys used to have to masturbate in the bathroom when they thought they were bad and wrong for doing it, mm-hmm. is not even getting them off in a very nice way. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they get off. Nah. But like, yeah, but it's like going, it's like going to the drive. I keep talking about food. But it's like going to the drive. Like going to the drive. Because there's this thing you're supposed to, even about food. Like the the idea of like preparing food and taking a long time is your body gets prepared to eat. Yeah. Like it learned, like your your metabolism rumps up, your mouth gets watering and stuff. But we've just we've had the side now where you can eat food so fast, you don't have to worry about it. So your body isn't like prepared to eat. Um, and you, you can you can get that you can get that stimulation so fast. So if we change it to sex or pleasure, we've been able to get those things so fast through watching it on, on you know on, on pornography or whatever else that we don't get actually prepared and emotionally ready for that to happen. Right. Which takes just cuts out the whole like um, I guess the emotional attachment to it. Right. And I think we think that 
um, that guys, you know, don't have the emotional attachment and women do, it, it might be because they watch less porn. Right. Uh, they watch less porn, not because they're better people, but because the porn is really not made for them. No, it's not. There's Even, nothing hot about this. It's kind of weird, right? <laughs> I mean, I, people think I mean, there is. And certainly some women have developed fantasies in the direction of the regular brainwashing that has occurred right. for the world. Um, but like... Do like, you find that a lot of women talk about watching uh, um, lesbian porn? Instead of heterosexual porn? Well, the problem with lesbian porn is it's made by men for men. Yeah, I know. And it is not what's going on, okay. guys. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, that's why I'm asking <laughs> you because I don't know. So I guess you like... You don't right. F a woman with nails this long, number right. one. <laughs> just rule number one, all right? right. Yeah, that would be comfortable. <laughs> Ask Dan Savage. You got to trim those nails on at right. least one hand. You know, as people who play guitar, you have to have long fingernails on yeah. one hand. Then you got to make sure that when you make love to women, it's, it's the, the other opposite way. hand. Is, well, it depends which handed you are. Right. Maybe yeah. you're ambidextrous. That's hot. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I have, I mean, we could talk about this for a long time. I think I've been a while here, but I don't, I, don't, I think um, when people come to you, I guess, is there like, um, like a, I guess there's no like, there's no like, here's the basic three. Is there like a, like a oh, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not, yeah. a, it's like, here's, if, if someone goes, Hey, I have 10 minutes to talk to you about this. What should you tell me in the next what, 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 what should I, if I can take notes, what are the first five notes I should take? Right, thing? right. I don't know. Good question. Um, so again, I started this 20 years ago and um, I started to accumulate more topics. Sure. Because people come up to me and they're like, oh, this is probably old news to you, but and I'd be like, whoa, act normal, act That's, normal, act yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah, you got to take notes too, Because right? you said, does anyone never say anything shocking? Well, mm. yeah, back then, all right. the time. Sure, yeah. But then I had to learn it. Be- yeah. and and answer them i would just say can i take your name and number and get back to you because yeah. we didn't have instagram <laughs> or google you have to go home yeah. and read about it i had it. to call their landline <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send them a, yeah. after i went to the library you get a stamp. No, i'm aging myself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but i did slowly like the knowledge i have accumulated from 20 years of giving talks and just mm-hmm. having people come to me and say mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. is astronomical because different people all over the place of all different genders are having really different fantasies. Mm-hmm. And I think some fantasies are more allowed than others, okay. right? Um, so certainly in the 90s, like fantasizing about same-sex sex was really taboo still. Right. And so people who were having that were like freaking out. And I had to give talks that said, look, if all you fantasize, like if you think um, oral sex is gross, and the only oral sex you ever fantasize about is with same sex, then like, don't wait till you have like a partner and kids and they're all 17 before you realize right. that actually you weren't kidding. That's what you're attracted to. Right. So I was trying to give them freedom to actually explore in the direction of some of their fantasies because I think it's really important to distinguish between something you're fantasizing about and something you really need, right? right? And so... I think that a lot of women fantasize about things they don't really need because they are fantasizing about the kind of subjugation that it, that they're being taught is the only form of, of sex or that somehow they're supposed to miraculously come from three thrusts of intercourse like they do in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which like, would someone please put that lady's hand, would someone please direct that <laughs> actress to put her hand down yeah. while she's having those three right. thrusts so that there's not just a miracle orgasm happening. Right. At least we know she was touching her own clitoris during right. that intercourse scene. Can you tell if you see <laughs> that? Can you tell when, are you, can you tell if someone's faking? Uh, well, obviously the actresses are sure. always faking. Right. But the question for me is, why are they modeling that people can come from that shit? Right. Why don't they show it what where someone's that. hand? One of those people have to have a hand by her clitoris. Right. Or she's either one of the eighteen percent of women that think that they have um, orgasms from intercourse alone, which is a very small number, mm-hmm. or she's one of the eighty-one percent of people who never orgasm from intercourse alone, who are somehow looking like they're orgasming for the world right. to believe that women ought to, right. and for men to feel like they're doing something wrong with their penis if she's not coming from this miraculous thing that's supposed right. to happen. Right. No, most. People, d- most people with clitorises don't come unless you touch the clitoris. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I guess some things you'd be like, you're, you'd say like, you know, explore yourself to make sure you know how to love yourself so that if you, if you feel shy in the bedroom or shy, wherever you do this in the kitchen or wherever it is, um, then explore yourself. And then there's also like communication. 
it's probably strong between the partners, whatever, whoever partners. And then, yeah, don't uh, be afraid to say further left, further right, up, down, slower, faster, right. whatever you need. And you'll only know that if you know what works for you. Right. right? And yeah. people are like, should I not use vibrators? Cause obviously they're not a vibrator. I see Instagram, a ton of different vibrators out there. They're doing like all weird stuff when you can like, mm. like a battery operate or you can like remote from the, your phone and stuff. Right, and, right, right. Yeah. And I've seen like, um, and that they talk, it's always the uh, Instagram is always like, about the guy saying something about how if you can't get it up or everybody else, you don't need him. You can just use this. And it's some elaborate, like, rose petal looking vibrator thing that's going everywhere. I mean, and those seem like... Just use these. They're free. Right. Right. <laughs> and right. if you just get it in a position where you can do both at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like, no, vibrators aren't going to ruin you for men. Right. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, they'll probably just teach you what an orgasm feels like so that you can know when you're getting close and know when it's going to happen and that right. kind of stuff. I often tell people to let women drive their own cars. Cool. Like, yeah. like you do the fingers on the inside, you get to that G spot. The G spot's way easier accessible with two fingers on the right. inside than right. it is. So it's not a myth. There is one. <laughs> the G zone named right. after Mr. Grafenberg himself, who thinks he found it. Oh, like it's named, named after a dude. Wow. <laughs> named after a, of course right. it's named after a dude. It's a so, medical yeah. area. Right. I mean, what I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's either the pudendum area to be ashamed of or named after a man. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's my joke. So this zone that is anterior, like, like where the, where the urethra is coming through on the woman, right? So where the urethra comes through for the man has the prostate and where the urethra comes through for the women has the prostatic glands that are that are uh, histologically so under the microscope very similar to the mm -hmm. prostate and they do fill up and engorge and and they do have nerve endings that are related to the sexual cascade and they do fill up with fluid and it's an alkaline fluid like ejaculate in male and um and it can uh like they think that those are involved in possible um, emicolation. That's my word. Um, yeah, right. I'm and <laughs> female ejaculation yeah. has nothing to do with Jack. It's ejaculation or something. Oh, I read that on your, on your website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just try to find other words to, because like our words are just so bad and sure. wrong. But um, um, like two fingers on the inside or three just up anteriorly where the urethra would be running through, which is behind the clitoris. Mm -hmm. uh, for sure, there is an area of heightened sensitivity, just like uh, two fingers into the anus on men where the prostate is. Right. Same spot. People love it. Right. <laughs> Will they come if you just touch that? Yeah, some of them. Wow, okay. Some cool. of them. Right. Is ejaculation orgasm? Not at all. So right. if you could get squirted in the face till the cows <laughs> come home right. and they could still have had no orgasm. And it, and I think a lot of women who do uh, amiculate, they do think that, um, that they've had this thing called orgasm and they think they're having orgasm every time and everyone's right. all excited. And then the day they actually have one, they're like, ooh, right. that. That's but, a different experience. But for the man, the prostate stimulation, if you do it that way, it's this, it is the same type of or like orgasm. If it's this, like, oh. prostate orgasm, the same as like a. Oh, I see. So, uh, no, ejaculation and orgasm are, are separate in both. They okay. just tend to come together in men. Oh, they, right. Men who are having an orgasm tend to ejaculate. Men who are ejaculating tend to orgasm, but you can have one without the other. So, um, what about um, if you have your, you know, what are they called? Tubes tied, I guess, or you have a vasectomy. Of, and so. Um, you still, do you still feel, I mean, do you, can you still feel the same sensations without? Oh yeah. 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 No, that doesn't change your ejaculation and orgasm cascade. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. It just don't worry takes about away that. the ingredients. It takes away the ingredients. Yeah. Okay, right. yeah exactly. Okay, cool. okay. Yeah. No, uh, orgasm and ejaculation will continue to happen after a vasectomy for sure. Right, okay. Yeah. No. And, and they are separate functions and they, they tend to come together because obviously there's an advantage to telling the brain that when you do this amazing thing that you get a dopamine response from, that's when you're ejaculating because right. then that gives like a species propagation. It's also a visual you see that you can feel. So that you, you can have an orgasm without actually having any type of like 
ejaculation you said right yeah 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 and again like the multi-orgasmic man type stuff when you can learn to withhold your ejaculation blah blah blah, like that kind of thing can um then those men who practice that can see the separation between the orgasm and the ejaculation more Mm -hmm. but in women it's very clearly different a lot of women will ejaculate when they orgasm and a lot of women will never ejaculate and that's totally fine and normal and a lot of women and i think it has to do um probably with how big uh like genetically how big their prostate uh, gland those glands what if they're dehydrated is that bad it may (laughs) it may contribute to um lesser of that a lot of people like so the current science is you know there's so much urine in it, it's got to be urine. But like in the female anatomy, there's no internal sphincter on the bladder. So in the male anatomy, when you're about to ejaculate, the sphincter closes so that you don't ejaculate retroactively into uh, your bladder because right. they need that sperm to go forward. But in the women, the, there's nothing, there's no sperm in their ejaculate. There's just the alkaline fluid. So there's no sphincter there. So that fluid could just go into the bladder and yeah, it could they could come out together. It's a very right. different sensation for right. women yeah. to ejaculate versus pee, and it's more of a gushing sensation, more of an explosion. Um, um, and then some people won't feel a lot of fluid at all, and some people will have a lot of fluid. So I think there's still a ton of science to be done about it, sure. but I yeah. can't believe how many of my very esteemed colleagues <laughs> will look at one research paper and say, see, it's not that. Right. I mean, because it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's like lazy journalism. It's kind of like lazy yeah. medicine, I guess, right? You just yeah. Kinda, and it blows my mind because what they're doing is protecting, they think, they're protecting all the people who don't squirt from these, quote unquote, porn scenes where a woman's putting fake fluid in and gushing out something right. and giving this fake idea fluid. of some fake... Right thing that women are supposed to now perform right right okay yeah so a new goal for women basically and i'd like to say what about the thousands of women who are experiencing this and therefore never having sex ever again because they're so ashamed Uh, about the furniture they ruin (laughs) when we could just sell them soaker sheets (laughs) tell them how to use them and how to wash them and tell them that like yeah it's not really all urine and honestly we just didn't figure out what it was because we weren't allowed to or just go to your grandma's house where she got the the plastic covering on the couch anyway (laughs) right (laughs) hey grandma (laughs) tell me about that um well, Teresa, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It's awesome. That was a great chat. Um, I learned a lot. I, I probably, you know, I, there's stuff I just, I didn't know how to ask or whatever. And I probably have a lot more, I have a lot more to learn for sure. Um, uh, if you want to let people know where they can find you or connect with you or something and, um, and yeah, if you want to let people. Sure. So I'll put up your, I'll put up all your links and stuff. On okay. There too, okay. Sure. Um, um so yeah, so first of all, like I am primarily on Instagram because mm. I haven't really figured out Facebook hates me, right? And uh, and TikTok's too modern. I'm yeah. I'm too old. If someone wants to come teach me how to do TikTok, uh, come over and okay, <laughs> tell I me wish what I could to teach do. you. But I I left that zone. <laughs> it's just you know I'm not there to perform anymore. I, I've been a performer for many years of yeah. my life, but I. This, anyways, I'm Dr. Teresa Wood. So D R for doctor, and then T E R E S A W O O D. Yeah. Um, no H in Teresa. Dr. Okay. Teresa Wood, and I, I have that same handle on all of those Um, and uh, Instagram's really the one that if you're bored one night or you're curious if you just go through my Instagram it's a good follow I (laughs) I scroll through it if you just go through each one and listen to what I say and read what I wrote Mm -hmm. I've given like free hot sex advice for a very long time there And, um, and it's good. And, uh, uh, also like I work at the options for sexual health in Whistler. Mm. I give talks at the high school and I, and at the medical schools. And then I do a lot of sex and intimacy coaching for couples and polys and individuals. You asked about that a while ago. Um, I mostly see, uh, American doctors now because Mm. of the pandemic and they needed to access people who were still working and I was working online. So most of my clients are, uh, American doctors, which is great because they're getting educated a little bit more about more options. Oh, so you, you educate. Like you're, t- you're educating doctors on this, not yeah. just like the public come to see, like talks like, is that, Correct. oh, okay, right. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. That's I good. teach at medical schools and I, uh, I attend the sexual health conferences and so on. And, um, 
my clients are doctors. And I think at one point you asked why I had so much more of a female following. I have like over a thousand female doctors who follow me. And that's because of the work I do online in the female doctor groups. And because I am the coach for a lot of them and their partners. Um, but, and then Instagram, the way the algorithm works is, uh, same, 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 right? So if I have mostly female followers, they only present me to females. But actually when I was giving the talks, like I said, it was more often the men that were interested because men are good people. I was talking about the binary before and I just wanted to just swing back around to that. But but like people think that I think, or that all feminists think that men aren't, good or whatever they think we think um i think men are dying to hear what i have to say yeah for sure yeah i agree (laughs) and certainly every single man who's ever come to any of my talks is like oh my god thank you so much but i don't think that instagram or facebook thinks that men want to hear what i have to say and i think that um people are really scared when they hear someone talk about female sexual empowerment that i'm going to somehow talk about male sexual disempowerment um it's not at all the case. Right. Like, imagine you have someone who wants to bang your door down all the time now, right? Because right? yeah. they've got a sex drive because of what's going on between you and them. <laughs> right. yep. That's just hot. Yeah, That's is. what men want. Yeah. And the only reason men aren't getting it is because of their bad sex education. Not right. men's, but all people's. Right. Uh, I, I really think guys need to know that this is this stuff that I'm teaching is for the guys. This isn't about... Uh, guys should already know this. I know why guys don't know it, right? right? We were purposely silenced about it. And they want to. And when I teach it in the high schools, the guys are like, okay, I have a question. Okay, I have a Mm -hmm. question. But I I just mean, I just mean like this, uh, my generation and and behind me and in in front of me of of men really deserve this information. And I think there's a sexual disempowerment of men that is um, coinciding with a sexual disempowerment with all of their partners if they're into women. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're trying to have sex with people they think don't want it and they don't really, and women are are taught that they don't want it. But that's not what's going on. We're animals. There's no like men reach their sexual peak at 17 and women at 35. That doesn't make biological sense. Right. Because at 35, you're almost done your procreation time. Right. So you're probably having your sexual um, uh, peak at 17 with the other people of your species. Right. (laughs) The other animals of your species, dare (laughs) I say. And then that they're what's blocking you is the sex education of all the people involved. Mm -hmm. And if we just said here this is how you do it (laughs) then (laughs) and i actually in the book i wrote like i wrote the whole thing about like why we've called it foreplay instead of for sex but the whole foreplay part is the sex for women and Mm -hmm. as we diminish that and diminish that and focus more on the for sex then we're having less and less of a chance of her having pleasure and more of him being confused why she doesn't want it anymore and you asked why people come to see me well it's often because their partners don't want to have sex with them anymore and they don't know why I'm like, well, when's the last time she had sex? Right. Well, we tried last week, but she made me stop. No, no, no. When was the last time she had sex Right. Yeah. on her body yeah. that was mutual, consensual, and orgasmic? Right. Because that's what's going to bring her back, knocking your door down. I think guys should, I mean, guys should be proud if they can make that happen. They should try. Like, as, yes, but it's know. not about shitting men either. Right. No, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, <laughs> people should be proud if they can, if they can achieve that. Like it's Together. like a, yeah, it's like a, it's like a team effort, I think. It is a team effort and it's not, it's not man, it's not guy's job to get girls off or girl's job to get guys off. It's, we are here to have a beautiful mutual connection mm-hmm. that is consensual and wonderful and pleasurable for both of us and hopefully orgasmic for both of us. And if it's not orgasmic for both of us tonight, we'll switch around and focus more on the one who didn't have an orgasm last time. Right. Like guys can have sex without orgasm, yeah, right? Because yeah. women have been doing it for <laughs> yeah. centuries. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it should be 50-50 yeah. if you want equal drive. Right. If you want them banging your door down more than you're banging theirs down, then try like like overkill in the direction of their orgasm and right. that it'll happen. Right. Yeah. So cool. Dr. Teresa Wood on Instagram and if you're here in Whistler and you have a gender or sex uh, issue, you can find me at the Options Clinic. Yeah, and so you can also find this in the links below. I'll put them down there. Um, but yeah, again, I appreciate the chat. It's great. Thanks for coming by and spending the time with me. It's good. Hope we can have you back on again. Thank you. Cool.
cool. So, okay, well, thanks everybody. And, uh,